Hey everybody, welcome to the Sally Allen podcast. On this podcast, we give people a platform to share their stories of resilience. And today I am so excited to have my friend and mentor and someone who's part of my board of directors on my podcast. Um, my friend Sheila Bangalore, she's amazing. And I really need to, like, I really have to read all this so you can see how amazing she is. <laughs> Sheila is an executive with global business experience spanning public and private multinational technology for over 20 years. Presently, Sheila serves as a non-executive director for McLaren Technology Acquisition Corp and prospective board director for Games Global Limited, a global gaming company. Previously, Sheila served as chief strategy officer, general counsel, and corporate secretary of MP Materials. And this is pretty impressive. A company she helped take public in 2020. MPIPO raised $545 million in capital. Wow. Impressive, Sheila. Thanks. Prior to MP, Sheila spent close to 15 years in senior legal business role at Zappos and Aristocrat Leisure Limited in Bally's Technology. And Ms. Bangalore is regularly spotlighted for her professional and community impact, including Global Gaming Business Magazine and by Global Gaming Women. Sheila received her MBA in finance from the Wharton Business School at the University of Pennsylvania. And I have to say, she was working full-time and she did this. Her Juris Doctorate from uh, the Washington University of School of Law and her Bachelor's from Tufts University. Wow. You know what, Sheila, you deserve all those accolades because you worked so hard for all of this, and I had to read it out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was not a cheap endeavor, that's for certain. So Yes, yeah. and you deserve it. But but closer to my heart, that's your professional bio, closer to my heart, you know, Sheila and I met at a gaming company um, a couple of years, I don't know, eons ago, <laughs> eons ago, and... Um, the minute I bumped into her, she changed my life. She changed my life completely. She is part of my story. She is part of the reason I'm sitting here on this podcast today. And I can go on and on into it, but I'll take up all this time doing that. So I am so grateful and thankful for having you in my life. Well, thank you. I'm equally thankful and grateful for having the spark that is Sally Allen in my life. Um, you know, just as impactful as it sounds like I've been for you, you've been for me. And every time that I have conversations with really anyone, but especially those kind of high impact people like yourself, I find that I learn so much about myself um, and about, you know, how I want to conduct myself and, and, uh, and it just reinforces things for me. So I'm equally grateful for you. Thank you. You know, you and I can go back and forth with that all day. Okay. Who's helping who? <laughs> we definitely could. We definitely, we definitely could. could. So what are you sharing with us today? You know, um, I have been, I've had the pleasure of listening to several of your podcast episodes and resilience is such a strong theme throughout. Um, and so I think, I think it's probably a good topic for us to talk about career resilience because that's been a focus of mine. Um, because the reality is, is that, you know, career 
I think folks sort of focus on career as, you know, the be all end all when I think career really just has to be a, something that integrates into your life because we all want to be productive. We want to work. We want to contribute. Right. And it's not just because of the pragmatic reasons we want to make money and build wealth and all those things, but it's also because we have children and friends and family and we want to be able to pass these amazing lessons on that we learn, not just from business, but from folks like you, right? Um, each of these interactions that we have with people in our lives are so um, important in terms of how we cascade those lessons across the people that we're with. So I think um, career resilience is really about life resilience, in my opinion. Um, and um, I think it's so important to own your career because of um, the importance that it has. Yeah, yeah. So you have had, gosh, you've had a, a long span of career, you know, and you've gone from different levels and you've reached that sea level and you're like, no, you, you, you know, you just got out of the sea level. Where did you start? Um, you know, I think the story started like eons ago. It actually came from my parents. So my parents, um, you know, emigrated here from India and, um, and one thing that they brought with them was this intense love of learning. And so if I look back at my own career, I also love to learn. And I think if I if I think about a theme that's very consistent, because if you look at if you look at, you know, you're like, wow, she's gaming and mining and Zappos and <laughs> like what's going on with this lady? But I think what the common the common theme is Sheila is a lifelong learner. And that's something I wear with pride, right? It's a badge I wear with pride. Um, you know, I started uh, I, children of immigrants, et cetera. And, and, you know, my parents said, look, the one thing that can never be taken away from you, because they, they, of course, came to this country with $8 in their pocket, you know, didn't have really anything to their name. And but their education could never be taken away from them. So they really emphasized, listen, it doesn't matter where you are in life. It doesn't matter, you know, what country you live in or what happens. Your education is not something that can be taken away. So I took that really to heart, um, and but it 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 made sense because yeah. I love to learn, and so I was that child at school that would always raise their hands <laughs> and talk in class and talk to people <laughs> because it was a way for me to learn, right? Yeah. And um, <laughs> and it's carried through. So if I look at my career, yes, you know I, I um, I've always pushed myself, but I, I went to law school and then eventually in my 40s went back and got an MBA, which most people don't do when they have children. But it was because I genuinely, I, I, I crave it. Um, and each time I feel I'm stagnating, I feel like, what am I going to do to to learn more, right? Who am I going to put in my life to help me learn? Um, how am I going to help teach and cascade some of these lessons that I'm learning? Because what's the point in getting all these lessons if you're not also giving them? Um, so that's that's been a very, very consistent theme. Yeah. So what are some of these lessons you've learned along the way? You know, uh, number one, the importance of being humble. Um, the reality is, is that you're never going to be the brightest one in the room. Um, you're never going to know the most. Um, and you can learn lessons from everyone, from the janitor, the CEO, if you're humble enough and live with grace enough to accept those lessons. Right. Um, so that's one thing I learned. The second thing is, is that particularly as you're arming yourself for whatever your next adventure is, it's important to realize you can't and shouldn't do it on your own. And so how are you reinforcing? How are you making yourself as resilient as possible 
as you start another chapter, right? Right. And so, um, you know, for me, I've I have some some things that I've done that may that have worked well for me may not work well for others. Um, but I can get into some of that stuff, especially as we start digging into, you know, education, career, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. So walk us through like your your career, um, wh- wh- where you started, uh, to kind of you know where you are now. Like where did you start working at first? Like when you were going <laughs> to school, and and what did that look like, and how did that shape where you you know where you are today? So I um, was. I'm ethnically Indian, but I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. And I, um, you know, my I'm proud of the melanin in my skin, right? <laughs> like a nice, um, and I actually speak very convincing Spanish. And so... Um, Back in up a little to, bit. I've known you all these years. You speak Spanish? I do. Oh, I did not know that. I do, I do, I do. I, In fact, um, you know, uh, I, I grew up in a, I mean, Miami, right? It was just... just fabulous yes. multicultural city yes. so quinceañeras and spending time with like my latina friends like that's that was just part and parcel of how i grew up yeah my spanish is very convincing I, i'm not a native speaker but <laughs> i love it i just learned yeah. something new about you i've known you all these years there you go i know I okay know. yeah yeah so i um i think um you know one thing that i realized pretty early on it was actually funny so i was i just gotten my license to drive and uh, I was I was driving on Calle Ocho, which is Eighth Street in Miami, and I'm my directional sense is not very good, so I got lost and I pulled into a gas station, and I asked somebody, "How do I get back to I-95, which is this major freeway?" And the gentleman started explaining stuff to me, but all in Spanish. And I looked at him and I'm like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And so it was an incredibly painful way for me to learn. Yeah. How, you know, number one, I had to get back to the highway. But then after that, I was determined. I'm like, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. Right. So all of this Spanish that I had taken, I just got much more serious about it. And and then could, you know, was yeah. like went to, you know, abuelos and abuelas and like, you know, of, of my Latina friends. And I'm like, teach me everything. Just don't <laughs> let me speak to you in anything except for Spanish. But these are ways that, you know, I mean, this is, a, it's very consistent. Like when I, you know, when I, when I went to business school, for example, I hadn't touched Excel in like 20 plus years, right, since college. And I was with business school teammates who live, breathe Excel, but I'm like, yeah. don't do it for me. I'm going to do it. It's going to be painful and terrible, but, and it's going to take me 10 times longer, but I've got to learn how to do how to this. Do yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, um, this strong desire to want to, I mean, to want to learn, I, I, I may not be the most efficient and, ev- and eventually i need to pass whatever it is on to someone who's far more efficient than me, but at least learning how to do something, understanding it, tinkering it with it in my own way, understanding how to mold it, shape it, et cetera, and then saying, okay, I understand this enough, and now it's time for someone much smarter than me to tackle something. And and being humble enough to be able to do that is has been, and again, another just a lesson that has been re- reinforced very consistently for me. Um, and I think that these are all ways to build resilience yeah you know um because each environment of mine has been very different i mean gaming really had nothing to do with mining and that had nothing to do with tech had nothing to do with retail but in each environment what i've been able to do is take these sort of very translatable less lessons and skills and say hmm how am i going to apply it here right what am i going to do to take these lessons i've learned in other environments and actually bring them into this environment it's interesting because 
um, you know, through Global Gaming Women, for example. Um, it, it's just such a, yeah, I mean, you and I both live in that community, right? Yeah. It's so collaborative yeah. and so yummy. And you just, yeah. you drink the Kool-Aid and you're like, oh my God, I found sisters. This is my tribe. Um, it was really interesting. I took, um, I, rem I distinctly remember through a GGW exercise, we had done a conversation card, just this, um, a bunch of us sat around a table and we just started talking using these really insightful questions. And we were asking ourselves these questions and, and providing answers. And it was such an, a meaningful, impactful evening. Mm -hmm. And I thought, gosh, this is so cool. Let me take that to business school. And so I right. took it to my environment in San Francisco and we did it with 40 women. And everyone was like, you do this in gaming? And I'm like, yes. yes. And isn't it amazing to be able to share these sorts of insights with each other? And yeah. and then those women who worked at, you know, tech companies we have all heard of took that into their environments. And so I think I think what happens is is that you, you know, as you are moving through your own life, you take these interesting things, things that you think resonate with you, or at least that have resonated with me. And I'm like, yeah. hmm, I wonder if since it resonated so well with me, I wonder if it will resonate well here. Right. Let's try. Yeah. I think what I one of the things that, that really resonated with me that you say, like, don't be afraid to go out there and change jobs or change careers or work at a different company because you're bringing you and you're bringing your skill sets. Yes. And then that's what's the important thing is it's not about what the company is or what they do or whatever. You can apply that skill set wherever you go and you are the epitome of that, the radical switches that you did with the companies. <laughs> You're like, I'm bringing my skills. I'm doing, you know, it's what you want me to do. I apply it. You can learn about the company and their culture and all of that, but, but you are bringing you wherever you go. I think it's so important to recognize your environment and then say, yeah. how am I going to impact it? Yeah. Right. If that, I mean, for me personally, that's, it's been a, a lifelong thing for me. So um, in each environment I've been in, I've tried to say, okay, I've, I'm bringing a certain translatable skill set, but, and, and that's good. That's hopefully will serve me well. Mm -hmm. um, how is it that I can give this translatable skill set to this environment in the best possible way to create the biggest impact? But then how is it also that I'm going to learn and continue to learn? Because again, going back to my lifelong learning, if I am not learning, then I get bored. And then yeah. for whatever reason, I'm not going to enjoy the environment as much as I would otherwise. So I do think it's about creating impact and figuring out ways that you can create impact. And so um, in each environment that I've been in, I've tried my best to to do that. And that could have been from anything from, you know, mentoring or being mentored yeah. from, t you know, identifying leaders that I really um, found insightful and had, you know, just these wonderful tools yeah. and saying, how do you do what you do? Please teach me. Um and so actually somebody that we both know, Matt Wilson, um, and it's an exercise now that I do on a regular basis. He'd said to me, so I said, you know, gosh, man, like you've got three kids, you know, you're, you're the CEO of a, this huge business. Like, how do you just keep it all together? And he said, I've, he's like my five plates. Have I told you about my five plates? And I'm like, what are the five plates? Uh -huh. And he said, you know, I've picked five things that are of real impact and importance to me. Mm-hmm. And I've identified those as plates. And at any given point, right, and, and he, he, I think his exercise was at, a, at about a monthly basis, but at any, at once a month, he would identify his five plates, the five things that were most important, say, are those plates spinning? 
and are they spinning at equal rates? Mm. And if one plate looks like it's about to fall or it's about to teeter or crash, you would rush over to that plate and then spin it and make sure it was spinning. Because what that meant was his life was out of equilibrium. So yeah. maybe one plate was work, one plate was family, one plate was faith, one plate was physical, you know, his physical, his physical health, yeah. et cetera. And, and I'm just arbitrary. I, I think his plates were a little different. But he would he'd say, you know what? I just did a marathon, but man, I haven't spent enough time with my family. I got to go do that. Yeah. Oh, man, I've spent a ton of time with my family, but I've got to go spend more time in, with my friends or whatever. The point is, is that the plates... The plates were just this this way of making sure his life was in equilibrium. And I I have a similar exercise where I'm just constantly making sure that all of my plates are spinning. Yeah. Um, but also that you know it, those plates, the the folks that that are within those communities or the, within those each of those areas are deriving as much benefit from me as I'm deriving from them. Sometimes as you continue to grow, what you realize is, is that the people that are around you are not, either you're not serving them as you should and or they're not serving you. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where you have to have those honest conversations with yourself saying, you know, is this, have I learned the most I can from this person? Has she or he learned the most they can from me? And does that mean it's time for us to, you know, um, naturally move move on and, and have you know, find new paths. And I, I, I think that that, you know, constantly engaging in those sorts of exercises, making sure yeah. that as your path changes, that you're putting yourself um, around people that are helping that and teaching right. you, right? And that you're teaching. Um, yeah. I think it's so important because it allows for your further growth. Right. And, and I totally agree with that. And it's just an exercise I started a few years ago, mm. just assessing and shout out to Matt Wilson. Yes, you're one of our favorite people. He is, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started doing that a few years ago, assessing who's adding value and who's not adding value. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's that you've gotten everything you can out of this person. You've hit a lid. And you're like, okay, so where do I go now? I need to surround myself with different people because I want to learn different things. I'm hearing the same thing over and over again in this circle, and I need to learn different things. So I think... Um, one of the lessons there is really evaluate the people we hang out with and what we're getting from them. And then, you know, if we need to switch it up, it's okay. It doesn't mean we need to cut them out, but but we need to no. move on and look for different circles. So the, the word I wrote down is lifelong learner. Yeah. If you're not learning and you feel like you're kind of stunted in that in that capacity and with those people, it's time to move on. And it, it means it's time to move on even at that point, right? There are qualifications to that because it could right. mean that you've learned all you can from that person or right. they've learned all they, they can, can from, from you, you. at yes. that chapter. Yes. Right? Maybe there's yeah. more because I've noticed in my life, and this is probably connected to my own spirituality, at, that there's it's undulating, right? Ebbs yeah. and flows. So there may be times physically for geographic reasons, distance, et cetera, is created or 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 maybe we're not geographically separated, but for some reason there's distance. It probably means that at that point I can't learn any more from them or they can't learn any more from me. But at some, with some of my closest friends in life, suddenly they come rushing back in at a time when I actually either need them the most or they need me the most. Right. And now we're, we're supposed to teach each other something. And so I think sometimes it's also, again, being humble and saying, you know what, I learned all I can at this stage in right. this chapter I don't know when you're going to come back in my life again really meaningfully. And I'm not letting you go completely because because that's not going to serve either one of us well. 
But I have a feeling we're supposed to still learn something from each other. Right. But we have to learn some other lessons first. Right. Yeah. And being yeah. open to the universe in that respect. Yeah. Well, so just that, so that you know, I don't care what the universe says. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, what the universe says. That's not happening. So <laughs> we have been constants for a long time. That's true. That's yeah. True. Yeah. So, um, we, we are going to continue to be constant for a long time. I agree. So what you have to these days? Well, um, you know, I, I also had to kind of do my own sort of internal exercise and say, what is my next path, right? So I yeah. um, have, have been really lucky to work for some fantastic people in my life. And, um, you know, but one thing I realized was is, gosh, I want to begin to create sort of a bit more of a portfolio life for myself, right? Um, because I think that there are a lot of ways that I can impact and so um, you pointed out some of the board work that I'm doing, but you know I also think venture capital is incredibly interesting. And so I feel really fortunate that um, to be a venture partner actually to a health-focused fund um, where I get to find really interesting entrepreneurs that are changing the planet. And I get to identify them and help support them as they grow, not just giving them helping support their funding, but also helping support how they grow and scale their businesses you know, who it is that's impacting them, how it is that we can make sure that, that the impact that, um, that they have is outsized. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's really neat. I, um, I work with geez, these unbelievable founders who, um, have these incredibly aspirational goals. Uh, one of them, um, actually I just met one of them in London when I was there for work. Um, and, uh, and she and her co-founders are, are revolutionizing concrete uh, design. I mean, it's just amazing. I would something I wouldn't necessarily have been connected to before, but I think, you know, again, when when you find people that are wanting to create impact and you yourself are in that same mindset, um, wonderful things can happen. So I'm I'm thrilled to be able to support um, this little company, and and I'm excited for what's to come for them. And yeah. that sounds very exciting. It is. But I look at you, and I'm like, your mom also. And I thought you're high performer, you're high potential, right? How does that translate to your kids? Do you drive them crazy or how? <laughs> you know, I am um, a very loving parent, but I am also, a, we are very focused in our home. Um, yeah. I think that, um, I think it's a great responsibility to be a parent. Yeah. Um, I think that, and I'm very blessed to be a parent to my two children. Um, I'll share a great story. So my, my son is, uh, I have twin children, twin 10 year olds and uh, a son and a daughter. So, um, my son is, you know, naturally very confident and walks in a room and just does his thing and he's great. And, uh, my daughter's a little bit quieter and shyer, both of, I'm a biased mama. They're both really smart. So, um, I was away from school. Uh, I was away at school and, um, and my kids went shopping, right? So I came back home and my daughter comes in um, to the room we're in or whatever. And she's like, mama, I'm going to, can I do a little fashion show for you? I said, sure, sure, baby, go, you know, uh -huh. go, go try on your clothes. Let me see what you got. So she comes in with one outfit, then she comes in with something else. And then her, but she's like, but the last one is my favorite one. And I was like, great, let me go see it. And it's this little t-shirt with like a, a big smiley face on it, right? With a glitter sequin smiley face. And I'm like, oh, what a great shirt. Like, it's so positive. She's like, yeah, mom, it's an awesome t-shirt, but let me show you the best part. So then she flips the sequins because they're these oh, yeah, sequin yeah. t-shirts. Uh -huh. And she flips it and it says future CEO. <gasps> 
Yes. Oh, was that the right? reaction you had? I just, well, I was oh, like in God. tears almost yes. because, you know, sometimes you think to yourself, I was certainly thinking to myself at that point. So yes. I was working full time. Um, I was going back and doing something that was really hard, um, you know, trying to teach myself Excel and doing all these other <laughs> things and, you know. Um, and certainly in those moments you have, you know, I'm like, oh man, I'm thinking about those plates and I'm like, gosh, I'm not spending nearly enough time yeah. with my family. But here is this little girl who at the time is eight, like my little girl who's saying, I see you mama and I can do anything. Oh, right. Gosh, yeah. That's an amazing moment. And, yeah. and then I look at my son, right. And I, you know, and he's, you know, again, confident little man, like walks in places and everything else. But it's funny, even the other day we were talking, uh, we were driving in the car. I, I, was, I can't remember. I think I was taking them to swim or something like that. And my daughter is talking about, um, I don't, it, we were, I can't recall exactly what we were talking about, but it was something about being a CEO. And my son turns to my daughter and he was like, but my, but her name is Syrah. He's like, but Syrah, anybody can be a CEO. He's like, mom, you know, just like our mom can be. And I'm, you wow. know, at like, right. Those are impactful moments when you're, when your little people understand and your boys and girls understand yes. that gender is not, you know, uh, can't get in the way that certain things can't get in the way. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, if you're qualified to do a job, um, you're qualified. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, I think it's so important that both of my children in their own ways, um, figured out that, look, mom's doing something that's pretty hard, but she's yeah. not going to let anything stand in her way if that's something she really wants. And I think that those are that kind of a lesson, if I'm able to teach them at this age, God, I, you know, you just, you can't control what happens in life, but yes. man, I hope, I hope that they, that's one thing I hope that they take away is if I put my mind to it, I can do anything. Wow. I think that goes back to what you said in the beginning about being, you have an intentional household. You're being intentional about how you're training your kids and what you're doing. But, and kudos, I love those stories. Thank you for sharing. Of course. But was there a time in your career when you felt like those plates were not spinning and you would put your family sort of like, you know, you're growing this, you know, this young executive growing and you kind of lost sight because that happens to a lot of people. Yeah. They get lost sight in their career. Was there a time that that happened and what brought you back? Yes, there were ample times that that happened. Yeah. Um, and I think that it was also because I would, you know, I have a, uh, it, it's a blessing and a curse, but I have a tendency to work a lot. Um, mm -hmm. It's where I feel comfortable. It's, you know, I like creating impact. I like getting into details. I mean, I'm a lawyer for a reason, I guess. But, um, but one thing I realized was, is that doing that consistently wasn't helpful. Right. Again, it meant that I was maybe great at work, but then not great, not a great, not as great as I wanted to be as a parent mm -hmm. or as a friend or as a fill in the blank. Um, and what I realized is, is that in order to be better at work, I actually had to take care of myself and take care of all these other things so that I wasn't, um, that I could bring all of those things, you know, a feeling of satisfaction to my job because if you're sort of running on fumes, yeah, you're not going to be efficient or good. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you know, to be honest, I mean, really going back to school in my forties again, most people don't do that. Yeah. Um, but it was, and it was tough. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not only was there a pretty rigorous, and you you saw me through some of this, but going through the application process and having to write essays and get recommendation letters and take a <laughs> test, a standardized yeah, test, yeah. right? Like after not having done that for a really long time and then saying, okay, okay, um, gosh, I hope this works. I hope I get in. And then the experiment works. And then you're like, okay, now, you know, the getting in was like the easy part relative. Now I've got to really kind of kick it in overdrive. Right. But, you know, and this is where it goes back to your point about being really intentional. And I think something that's worked really well for me was realizing when I was going into school that this couldn't just be an experiment, right? Right. Because otherwise this would be a six-figure experiment that would fail. Yeah. And that that wasn't, (laughs) that couldn't happen. So um, part of what I did before I went to business school was realize that, you know, think, begin to think about myself differently. And I thought about myself actually as, I, I, I thought, you know, I've been in these corporate governance environments, these public company environments for so long. And I thought, hmm, what do public companies have? They have an executive team and they have a board, mm-hmm. right? And so I said, hmm, so if I think about myself, right, as a company, what do I need to do to succeed? What do I need to put around myself to succeed, right? So the first thing was, well, gosh, I need a board, right? I need I need some people around me that think differently than I do, that can see around corners differently, that are aspirational people too. I want to be like them, right? And so um, I started approaching folks and I'm so grateful that they said yes. But, um, you know, they were CEOs of public companies. They were CFOs of public companies. They were CLOs of public companies. There was one lawyer on my board, Ellen Whittemore, who's the chief legal officer at the Wynn. but, you know, Matt Wilson was another one, right? CEO yeah. of a gaming company. Pat Ramsey, who is a former CEO of a gaming company. Yeah. I just put Gavin Isaacs, right? Who's, yeah. I adore him and has been the chairman and CEO of multiple companies. But I put these folks around me saying, please help. Yeah. You see, you've lived full lives and have seen a lot more than I have and can anticipate more than I can. Yeah. Help me as I'm going through this crazy path. Right. Yeah. So those are my board members. But then you also need an executive team. Right. People that you are going to attack problems with, who are going to be sounding boards for you, who you're going to drive crazy, who are going to drive you crazy because they're going to call you out in your nonsense. But you need those folks. Yeah. And so I call them my sassy lassies. Right. So my 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 smart women who were we were all kind of on a similar path. Um, We were all um, but also did different things. And so, um, and we were all, for the most part, at the same, you know, seniority level. So Cassie Strafford, who's now presently the, you know, she's the uh, president of Global Gaming Women, sits at, she's at Boyd. Um, Anika Howard, who just became the CEO, African-American woman who became a CEO yes, of Wonder yes. Nation, very close, wonderful, sassy lassie of mine. Um, Seanette Carew, who actually is also Cornell gal, who ended up leaving gaming to go into, into healthcare. Um, Erica Kozemond, who's a marketing superstar who works at Choctaw. I just put all of these amazing women around me, and I said, you see problems differently than me. Yeah, You're going to anticipate things differently than me. I'm going to come to you and just say, I'm totally ignorant. I'm not going to go to my board yet, but I'm going to come to you and say, I'm totally ignorant, or here's how I'm looking at things. Help spot issues for me. Tell me where I'm not doing this right. And I got to tell you, that was completely transformational for me. 
totally mm. transformational because w what it allowed me to do is then begin to look at problems differently, approach problem solving differently. And I think because I'd put this, my I, they're my resiliency circle, my sassy lassies, and then my board of directors yeah. around me. I had now, I mean, now I'm not one against the world. I'm like 12 against the world, yeah. right? In addition to all the folks I had in my corner because of my friends, my family, et cetera. Well, you know, if you, I mean, I think, I don't know what the statistics are, but certainly, right, there's a reason why teams succeed. Right. One, you know, many is better than one. And so if many are advocating for you, well, now your impact is substantially higher. And then if you take the lessons, you actually have to be open to lessons, right? It's not just about putting these people around you, then not listening to them. Yeah. But if you listen to them and you take those lessons, you make them yours, right? They mm -hmm. have to be yours because you have to figure out a way to, you know, if, if they resonate right. with you and you don't take everything, right? To right. the extent that something doesn't make sense, you say, hey man, like, that's great. That doesn't make sense for me, but I appreciate you for it, right? Yeah. You're giving me your feedback. But you take those things that are of real impact, at least I have, and then you make them your own, mm -hmm. right? Put your spin on it and then put it out in the world, right? And gosh, man, transformational stuff happens. It's happened to me so many times. Oh. So, As you're speaking, my visual is like these armors going up around you. <laughs> That's my visual. Like you have armored, like your it outer is. armor, which is your, you know, your board. And then here comes this inner armor, which is your sassy lassies. And I see like you are, you are well protected and you can go to them for anything. And you have some powerhouses, you know? But you know, at, yeah, the, time, at the time we were yeah. all growing up together, right? Yeah. So yeah. now we've all achieved certain things, but my yeah. sassy lassies, when I approached them however many years ago, we were, we were all kind of going through those moments where we were saying, gosh, like I'm struggling with this or struggling with that or self-doubt or imposter syndrome yes. or whatever. Right. And so when you ask the question, have you been stuck? The answer is yes. yes. Yeah. So how do you unstick yourself? And this was... These were a couple of tactics that I used right. to figure out a way to unstick, right? Yeah. Because again, I think, what is it? Three heads are better than one. Well, 12 heads are better, better than, than three. One. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so once you have, once I put that kind of ecosystem around myself, um, it then it wasn't just about problems that could be overcome, um, but it was also about, oh, well, what forward things should I be thinking about? Right. What, how, I mean... I'm about to navigate ABC. Um, oh, great. I have this person. You should totally meet this person. You should totally be introduced. They're so great and they have this same experience. And so now I'm not just taking lessons from my 12, but I'm taking lessons from the 12 people that they're introducing me to. Right. So now it's 24, right? Yeah. So um, th that's for me the way that I've continued to build this resilience is by saying, okay, like, and continuing to learn and continuing to sort of satisfy this, you know, strong desire to be better and to create impact in the environments I was in. Because I was also soliciting ideas from, you know, not just my board, not just my resilience Sassalassi circle, but from all the folks that they were, that were within their ecosystem that they're bringing to me as well. And, you know, the, and it's mutual, right? Right. So when my Sassalassis were running into issues um, or coming to me with their issue, I would say, you know what? Um, here's how I would approach it, but don't take my word for it. Here's someone that was in exactly your shoes. Talk to them, see what they think. Right, right. Right, creating a safe space. And so I've, I've found that these tactics, again, I didn't really realize it at the time, but these tactics and tools that I have, I'm now very much using them in terms of 
board service in terms of entrepreneurial things that I do and in terms of VC, the VC stuff that I do. Um, Because, listen, I mean, entrepreneurs, they need, you know, guidance. They need folks that are much smarter than me at, you know, pricing exercises and, you know, all sorts of other things, marketing efforts, et cetera. So what I know how to do now is very quickly connect dots Right. And then say, you know what, here's, this is how I would approach it. Don't take my word for it. Here's a friend of mine. This is the amazing things that he or she has done. They'd be a great subject matter expert for you. Sure enough, they are. And then as I've seen it, I mean, it's been great. I've been working with another entrepreneur with my two co-founders, me and two gals got together from business school. And we said, you know what, we want to impact. We want to create some major impact because we need to, we need to democratize cap tables mm-hmm. to include more women, right? We need, because we need to reduce this insane wealth cap we need to figure out how to bring more women to executive teams and we need to figure out a way to bring more women to boards so the three of us got together and we said we're going to lead a female forward um advisory and capital group leonas which by the way is the spanish word for lionesses Uh lionesses uh, african lionesses are it's it's fascinating the way they take care of each other so um some lionesses will go hunt while the other lionesses will just take care of the cubs and make sure babies don't get hurt right? right right But they're all just taking care of each other. It's all about the better, of, you know, the, the tribe being better, right? Yeah. So the three of us got together and we're, we're distributed geographically. My friend Mercedes in Seattle, another girlfriend of mine, Lauren, is in Boise, Idaho. I'm here, of course, in Las Vegas, but spend now quite a bit of time in California. And the three of us got together and we said, you know what, we're, we're going to change this. And so we've been working with another founder, Sydney, um, who's got this awesome company in Seattle. And we've been helping spot issues for her and helping her grow her business. And she told me last month, she said, Sheila, I had my first $60,000 month. That's insane. Insane. It's insane. Yes. But it's because we've been, you know, first of all, she's a complete go-getter and a superstar in her own right. But she's coming to us and saying, I foresee this issue. How would you tackle it? Yeah. You know, it's, and so this is history repeating itself. This is what I was doing. This is what I did with my own personal board of directors and my in my sassy lassie circle, right? I'm just now at a point where at least I can return the favor, but guess what? I still need to continue learning. You know, there's a reason why Gavin Isaacs and Matt Wilson and some of these folks are still very much in my life because they still see around corners that I don't, right? So I think it is about how do we cascade these lessons that we're learning Mm -hmm. um, across the myriad of people we're meeting that are, how do we continue to create impact? How are we making sure we're impacting people? Are the right people around us at all? all the time. These are just lessons that just keep reinforcing themselves yeah. over and over and over again. So I'm just, but I'm better now at asking the questions. Right. And the bottom line is if, you know, you're listening to this, get a board of directors, get your own board of directors. Yes. We all need that. And yeah. be intentional about it. I've heard people say, well, I didn't realize I was using Sheila as a board of director as using Sally. Let them know that's the purpose they are. That's their role. It, and that's their role, and it will become more um, impactful. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. You are doing such great things, but what's one of the takeaways you have for our audience today? Um, you know, I think I wish I would have put that personal board of directors and that resiliency circle around me a lot earlier. Um, one other thing I would highly encourage people to do, it's actually a daily stop, start, and continue, or I do it daily, but for everyone, the frequency is different, but stop, start, continue exercise. Another thing I picked up from one of my board members. So each day after I finish the day, I'll just find 10 minutes, just 10 minutes. 
mm-hmm. and I'll look through my calendar and I'll look and see all the meetings that I did that day or all the calls I had. And I'll say, what did I do well? What did I do badly? Mm-hmm. And what should I continue doing? And I'll make a quick list. And like that, I'll reinforce good behavior and bad behavior. Bad behavior, I will then just start cutting out because I don't know if you've had that experience, but when you hit that experience, you're like, I did that before and I told myself I would never do this again. Why did I do that again? I just did that again. And so those behaviors will come in my stop list and Mm -hmm. it takes me a while, Mm -hmm. but eventually, because they're bad habits, eventually they stop. Right. And then I just focus on the continue and the start behaviors and I just... It's, it's a wonderful way to reinforce what you do well and what you do poorly. I love that. Well, friends, I, I love this today. And this one, we, we haven't had a career resiliency. And Sheila has brought so much nugget to the table. Thank you so much. My takeaway is uh, you started, you said career integration, how you in- integrate career into your life. It's not your end all be all. And I love that it's not your end all be all. There's other plates spinning up there and those plates need to be balanced. Sheila, I want to thank you for being on our show today. Um, It's great having you and and all those takeaways and nuggets. And um, we want to thank our audience for listening. If you like our show, rate, review and share with your friends. Oh, and thanks to my friends at Sticky Pot Studio. Yay, Sticky Pot Studio.